from grain to glass, this show is dedicated to helping you make the best beer possible. So strap in and hold on to your mash tons. We're Homebrew Bound. Welcome to Homebrew Bound. I'm Casey. And I'm Brian. And this is the best beer show on the internet. God darn right. Darn tootin'. Darn tootin'. <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah, we are in Studio B. This is insane, man. There it's, are windows here. It's Yeah, it's it's a whole thing down. down. Yes, please. Alrighty. Yeah, man. There's Oh, that's almost too much. Sorry. Oh. Just a cash. How's Darn that? It, that's great. Thank All you. All right. Yes. Yes, this is a very, very nice new studio that we're in. If, you, <laughs> if you're watching, if you're a patron and all that jazz, um, yeah, you can see uh, you can see the new digs. Yeah. Speaking of bit. patrons, oh yeah, speaking of patrons, we should probably do that right at the beginning. It's been a couple of weeks, so I don't really remember how. Oh, for you guys, it's been nothing. But uh, <laughs> all right, so uh, the American Homebrewers Association does a lot to support homebrewers uh, and home brewing, and now they support us during the AHA. We'll give you discounts at homebrew shops, select tap rooms, as well as give you access to the fantastic Zymergy magazine click on the referral link the bottom of our homepage and join today also going to give a big shout out to our patrons specifically our black belt patrons andy thompson bjorn bjornson devin stinson and tyler romanski if you'd like to be a patron head on over to patreon.com slash blind studios and become a patron today sorry i'm just making sure that things are still moving over yeah, there in, they a, are, in, a, in a proper in a proper format yeah we had a little technical difficulty we're yeah we're, we're starting about 20 minutes after uh one or two so we'll probably only get one show in today but that's okay um but yeah so brian what have nice. you been up to beer related in the past uh, the past week or so? It's, oh. been, it's been a minute. Yeah, it has. Uh, so let's see here. Um, we got past Oktoberfest season, um, or we're almost out of it now at, at on September sixth. <laughs> um. Oh God, what have I been up to? Um. Wow, not much. Drinking a lot of light beer and doing a lot of disc golfing. So I okay. I kind of was wandering around drinking the old hop and barrel light. Ooh, fancy. Yep, and I had I had left some up at Highbridge uh, with one of the groundskeepers, and he and he drank it with some some people, and he remarked how hoppy it was. <laughs> <laughs> I don't next to no hops in there. I don't know, man. Yeah, I don't have anything really all that interesting. Yeah, um, I don't. I don't have anything quite yet either. Uh, I mean, I spent the past week moving. Yeah. Um, yeah, and it was mm-hmm. a lot of work. Uh, but uh, yeah, so hopefully uh, have have a spot uh, picked out to uh, get you know a little fermentation station going uh, back in the laundry room there. Then got uh, um, gonna work on building up a spot in, uh, for the brewery in the garage behind us there mm-hmm. and. It's quite close, which is it is very close. Neat. Yeah, this is this is some good digs. I should mention that there's a <laughs> there's a pool. I didn't get a sound booth by the pool. Uh, no, um, yeah, it turns out that uh, not as easy as you'd think. Yeah, bummer. We'll we'll get there. We'll get there. We'll get there. <laughs> uh, you know, baby steps, baby steps. Give me some graph paper. <laughs> I'm gonna draw some plans. <laughs> uh, but yeah, other than that, that's that's kind of been uh, kind of been my life uh, the past week. So. Nothing, nothing super brew related there, uh, but yeah, no, it's just, it's just been great. Uh, yeah, things should be good in the new studio here once we can figure out all these tech problems. But yeah, bummer. It's a whole thing. All righty, uh, should we just dive right into our discussion topic? Yeah, since we're both real boring 
dudes. Right. Real to, boring today. Day. <laughs> well, you know, we're, we're getting into the role. Like, we need we need a good DOO to break in everything, you know? That's true. We need, so we need that's, a, some, that's, some... That's the next next thing on the list here. Rumbo jumbo time. But, yeah. Um, yeah. So, today we're going to be talking... We're going to be continuing our Beginner Brewer series. Uh, and we're going to be talking about fermentation basics um, on this episode. Uh, so, we're going to be kind of talking about fermenters... Um, different types of fermenters, where to ferment, uh, controlling your fermentation temperature, and then uh, we'll do a little talk about yeast. I feel like that'll be its entire show, but we should touch on it a little bit because it's so important for fermentation. Without it, you wouldn't have fermentation. So, Brian, let's talk. Uh, let's talk fermenters. Uh, what what type of fermenters did you use when you were home brewing? Oh man, uh, on our list. I'll just I'll I'll say the three that are on our list and uh, they are plastic, glass, and stainless. And I fermented in all all three of those. Um, glass, so or well, I guess we can. I don't know. I guess I could just jump into it. Yeah, yeah. Well, let's Sorry. just jump in. Yeah. When I used uh, plastic, uh, I had used the small the the smaller opening. Now they make those cool um, big mouth bubblers. Yeah, and the I, big mouth. I don't. I never owned any of those and. Um, I, frankly, I would either, uh, do what is called a demijohn after that, uh, after I was not, after I kind of graduated from using or from, from doing smaller batches to bigger batches, I was actually fermenting in a demijohn, which is a big, it looks like a big upside down light bulb. It's a big, like for, it's usually ma- uh, for fermenting wine, but I would, you could ferment, you know a good a solid 12 gallons and get 10 actual gallons out of it um but not to go out of order here uh it was either fermenting in a demijohn or like a plastic bucket and that's it and like i would like in the beginning yeah i use those smaller mouth glass ones and then later when i started actually working at a brewery i was doing homebrew size batches in stainless so as far as plastic goes, the the pros are that it's cheap, uh, they're readily available, um, and uh, you know they're, they're they're kind of a no brainer. You just you you know put the airlock on and you're all good. And if I, I would do uh, I would do hefeweizens and I would just like leave the bucket lid cracked. Okay. And kind of go <laughs> kind of go that route. I don't know. I I just I feel like I got I got better at home brewing, but a lot lazier mm-hmm. as I. <laughs> kind of went on um so yeah that makes sense what do you so what are the pros uh yeah so plastic well so pros to plastic is i mean it's indestructible pretty much yep. like uh if you drop it you're gonna spill some beer but you're not going to have to go to the hospital probably yeah um yeah so that, like that's a that's a big pro to plastic it's that it's cheap um it's easy uh yeah cheap easy um, fairly indestructible. Lightweight is a big thing. Um, Con-wise, I mean, you have to replace it constantly. Yeah, you um, you know there is there is the saying you know it, it it it'll go it can go from a fermenter, then it could go to like when it gets scratched up on the inside the plastic bucket. You could use it for sours because then you know if little microbes get caught right. in the scratches on it then whatever you know maybe that's kind of what you're trying and it to do anyway. a gardening bucket and then right and then it could become like a a, a cleaning bucket too like your yep. pbw bucket that's fine um and then yeah a gardening bucket or whatever yeah uh, plant something in it i don't know right yeah all, yeah it's, it's, it's kind of what kind of a neat yeah. deal um glass on the other hand uh delicate 
very delicate. Mm-hmm. Um, surprisingly so, depending on, like, I know, I mean, it's not such a big deal now, but I know there was a few years back, uh, horror stories of, like, ba- poorly made uh, glass carboys. Yeah. Um, just, like, getting dinged slightly wrong and just exploding um, into massive shards of glass. Um, but, yeah, uh, you, you, you don't have to really worry about it scratching. You're not going to get those micro scratches that you're going to get with plastic. Mm-hmm. Um, you can see what's going on. A lot of people like that. Um, that's never been a, really an issue for me. Like wanting to see what the beer's doing, I, yeah, I always like. I always liked opaque because then I'm, I'm not. I don't have to worry about you light. Worry about the light striking. Yeah. yeah, and then you know another thing about buckets, they're typically six gallons. I mean, they some of the brew buckets are seven gallons, mm-hmm. so it gives you a, an extra gallon of headspace for the fermentation, which is good. Which is definitely usually sufficient. You know, if you're if you're lacking on headspace, then you know use a blow off. If you're not, use an airlock, or if you're towards. You know, if you're secondary for any reason, you know, use yep. uh, an airlock. I always did just, I just aired on the side of a, a blow off uh, and I would use a tube from the bucket in that into a growler with sanitized. Makes sense. Uh, water in it. That definitely makes sense. Uh, yeah, cons, breakable, heavy, incredibly heavy. Yeah, they, you know, they make those um, brew haulers, they call them. Where yep. it's like a like basically a net and it's a got handles, handles and yeah. still it, hauling it helps, around man, a it, glass carboy, you know. Um, oh, pro tip with that: a lot of people they'll get like the uh, like the handle that goes around the neck of the carboy. Yeah, don't do that. Do not carry a full carboy by that. Yeah, it'll break and only that. It'll break off. It's surprising. It's surprising how thin the actual glass on the the sides of the carboy or the demijohn is. It's like very very thin, but those uh, and, and so when they graduate up, it, the glass gets beefier. But still, structurally speaking, like you, if you pull hard enough, even with that rubber on there, it'll break that thing. Yep, off. it'll break it off, and yeah. you will shatter. Like especially like if you lift it up. And then, yeah, you, God, you'll broken shatter. Broken are not fun. Yep, yep, uh, yep. Uh, and then, I guess, yeah, let's talk about stainless for just a quick second. Uh, pros with stainless, Brian? Mm, they are, they will last you a very long time. Uh, they will not scratch very easily. Um, easier to clean and sanitize. Probably on par with glass. I mean, glass will pit after a long while or mm-hmm. you know if it's the small ones the glass glass is really hard to clean usually oh, it's conicals, so hard to get in there yeah usually with conicals you can have some sort of like recirculating cip system or you know you, you've got openings that you can fit your hand in or yeah what have you um yeah yeah uh cons with stainless expensive i think i think price tag is really the only con with it yeah very very expensive and then how are you cooling it um, right. Yeah. Which I mean, we can get to that. Yeah. We'll, yeah. We'll, so we'll get to that. Right yeah. There. Yeah. So um, there, there's three main shapes, and we've kind of we've mentioned them, uh, but let's let's just kind of talk about them real quick. Mm-hmm. We have buckets, carboys, and conicals. Yep. Um, so carboys are the um, you know large to a thin neck. Buckets are you know a bucket, mm-hmm. um, very just very cylinder uh, cylindrical, and then conical um, starts out usually kind of like bucket shaped, and then drops down into a nose. Um, why do we care about the sh- the different shapes, right? Oh well, so they're gonna they're gonna affect the the way that your beer ferments, and that is, I believe, it's called aspect ratio. So these conicals, they've got 
you know the, the cone and the way that the tank is engineered uh it it causes the the fermentation to kind of cycle or kind of be more cyclical um based on the geometry of the tank um from a heating and cooling standpoint which you know again we'll get to conicals it's easier to you know cool the top of the tank and have the more action going on the bottom and then convection will send you know the yeast up and the coolness will send the yeast down and then you'll have a this this cyclical roiling sort of fermentation um so yeah they're they're not going to be so tall that once it gets so narrow at the bottom that it'll crush the yeast but you do run into that with uh on a downward pressure on the conical, there's going to be more um, autolysis going on. Okay. Um, so, yeah, these conicals, this is the best uh, shape from a, in a, an engineering and a fermentation yep. standpoint. Um, and at and even then, like, at the homebrew level, it's not quite, like, if you're look, talking five-gallon batches, you, it's not quite as important, I would I would say. I would like, agree with that. Yeah. Um, your, your shape isn't going to matter quite as much. Not, not yeah. Not as much as on a professional. Yeah. Level. So when you're just starting out, don't don't sweat it too much. Yeah, I was making award-winning homebrew in uh, plastic buckets. So yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, just plug your bathtub and clean that real good. You know, yeah, It'll be yeah. Fine. A lot has uh, changed since we were brewing beer in our bathtubs. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. I've never uh, brewed a beer in a bathtub. Right. Uh, all right. Let's talk about where in your house to ferment. Um, there's, there's, there's a few common places that I, that I see a lot. Um, a lot of people, they'll throw it in like the garage. Um, they'll put it in like a closet or something like that. Mm-hmm. What, what, what kind of places are you looking for? Like if, if you're going around your house being like, Hmm, where should I ferment things? Uh, cooler and cons- more and consistent. Um, and you can, you know, put a, put a thermometer in a place and just, you know, and check it. And, you know, see, you know, usually a basement and also somewhere dark is, is important as well because you don't mm-hmm. want uh, blue light spectrum cutting through and skunking uh, the hops, uh, the isomerized hops, that is. Um, so uh, what I did, I lived in a like the second floor of a walk up apartment in Uptown when I was kind of heavily brewing and I would have to drag all the equipment up from the basement and bring it into the garage and then I would lug the car, <clears throat> excuse me, I'd lug the carboy up two sets of stairs and I would put it next to a cracked window with a hoodie zipped, a zip up hoodie zipped over the carboy, sometimes one, sometimes two. And I would check the temp, you know, and it was right by the window, but with like a little bit of hoodie, like I said, <laughs> it, was, it ended up being a good place to ferment so i don't sometimes sometimes you got to get creative and yep. so you gotta figure out where the best option yeah. is yeah like um, i don't know like in this just in the studio i wouldn't ferment any beer no, no it's, it's, it's too bright <laughs> it's too bright it's too anyway bright. no I, i'd go like down down to like the utility room or something uh right. preferably like so if you're if you're looking for a, for like a perfect room in your house um, I would say any interior, um, any, any, any room that doesn't have exterior walls, if, if that's a thing that you have, yeah. that's perfect. Um, because it's going to be the most consistent room in the house. Yeah. It might be consistently warm, which, which can be an issue. Like, so you, you have, you have to kind of work on that, but at least you can, you can play around with that. Like if you're using like Kyvik yeast or, 
uh, something yeah. like that, like that mm-hmm. will help. Absolutely. But yeah, it's kind of up to you to figure out what, where is consistent. And I would say consistent is probably better than cooler. Cooler's good, but yeah, it, like, yeah, when you have, you can have temperature temperatures in excess of 10 degrees in the core of the fermentation. I've seen it. Uh, you, if they make a product called a thermal well, um, and you can stick a thermometer down this metal spike that's right in the middle of the fermentation and and they, they make all kinds of really cool gadgets for that now, but that's yeah. not what we're talking about today. All right. So controlling fermentation temperatures, this is this is like a li- usually a little outside of the beginner um, thing, but it's there's there's some simple things that you can do to control your temp. Um, and always always remember that warming it up is way easier than cooling it down. Mm-hmm. Uh, for warming it up, really the only thing you need is there's a thing called a brew belt. Um, and it's basically just like a little heater that you wrap around your carboy or bucket or whatever, and it radiates heat in. Um, and they just have a plug. You can plug it in, pl- uh, it's a unplug it. Wall plug, yeah. Yep. Or you can uh, get a little fancier with it and get like a fifteen dollar um, uh, temperature controller, mm-hmm. um, and it'll turn it on and off automatically based off of ambient temperature. Yep. Or you can take a wet towel and wrap the carboy in a wet towel and aim a fan at it. Yep. Uh, basically, you could uh, create a swamp cooler. Swamp cooler. Yep. Uh, yeah, and that's that's the easiest way of cooling it down on on a budget. Take a what else have I done? A, a one of those big <clears throat> one of those big garbage cans. Submerge the carboy in water and use a fish tank heater. Oh yeah, that'll work. I've done that. I've had a swimming pool with one gallon jugs bobbing in it uh, and a fan on it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and my, it was Tony, my, I was his roommate at the time, and he kind of was downstairs with his back turned to me with his hands on his hips, shaking his head, staring at this pool of one-gallon jugs. <laughs> Just floating in there. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, and then you can also get, you can get as fancy as you want. You can, um, you know, you can, like, we're going to have a thing in the nearish future. I don't know if it'll be a blog post, a video, or whatever, but I'm building a glycol chiller. So you can go that route, and then you can, uh, you know, pump it through coils in your beer to mm-hmm. chill that down. Um, but, yeah, so basically anything you can really think of, uh, the the ones the things you've got to keep in mind is you want to make sure that you're not adding any contaminants to your beer um, and that you have some way of making sure that you're not overheating or overcooling. Yeah, and like like he like you said, uh, heating it is easier than cooling it. Yep. Yeah. I mean, you throw a hoodie on it and give it a warm hug. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, let's let's touch on some yeast quick because your fermenter is kind of irrelevant if you're not uh, keeping your yeast happy. Um, we've we've done some deep dives into yeast, uh, but we're going to try to keep it surface level. So. If you're doing your like you know your first couple of batches and you don't really want to get into yeast science, this is just some very basic stuff. Yeah. Um, let's let's start with uh, dry versus uh, liquid yeast. Um, I know you uh, at the brewery you guys use dry almost always. Yep. Um, <clears throat> at the homebrew level, I almost always use liquid. Mm-hmm. Um, Cheap. Yeah, it's it's a lot cheaper to do it at the homebrew level, but I think uh, dry is still I mean it's still cheaper. Even at the homebrew. Oh, gosh, yeah, yeah. Um, but, you know, so so when I was homebrewing yeast, uh, that was sort of an aha moment for me. So if you're listening and you're, you know, wondering about uh, brewing in that, uh, yeast, it's kind of a big deal. And 
I haven't bought a homebrew pitch in a long time, and maybe you could tell me, but, um, you know, moving from one package to two on uh, Y-East or White Labs was Mm -hmm. a game changer. Absolutely. Uh, And you can get away with using that 11-gram package of of dry dry and you don't need to proof it or any any of that you can you can don't need to rehydrate well you, you do can. need to rehydrate well you don't need to but you should you because, should and you can uh what was it we learned uh during a yeast i i don't remember what show but we learned that um without rehydrating um half of your cells will be doa yep yeah so i mean if you aren't going to rehydrate then um move to two packages but yeah it, it's cheap and easy and i mean you can reuse your your yeast cake but like we'll keep it simple and just say that use two packages yep um yeah so if or um if you can't use two packages uh make a starter you can absolutely make um, a starter. and making a starter is super simple um uh there's there's a bunch of calculators out there but basically uh you're making a small beer uh, what is it? Is it ten thirty or 1040. something? Ten forty. Ten forty should be your 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 gravity. Your gravity, and you can use a DME dry malt extract yep. and boil up boil it up on your stove. Throw it in a flask. Throw it on a throw a stir bar in there. Yep. Uh, you, so yeah, that's <laughs> like again, as with everything with home brewing, you can make it as complicated as you want <laughs> yeah. or not as complicated. But basically, you just need a volume of wort to put your yeast in, um, and then you need to agitate it every once in a while, like. Uh, what what some people do is they'll they'll make it put it on the counter um, and every time they like it somewhere where like like somewhere you would want to ferment beer um, but also like somewhere where it's not super far out of the way so like every time you walk past that room or walk past the thing you just give it a shake yep, um, that and, works. That, and that'll agitate it if you don't if you don't have a stir bar I would put them on a um, a cookie sheet <laughs> oh yeah, yeah in case they in case blew, they boil over blew you know. Yep. Yeah. They when they get off. rolling in the small flask like that, then oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Make sure you have plenty of headspace. Yeah. There. Um. Yeah. Uh. That's that's kind of starters. Uh. Drivers liquid. Um. How much yeast do you pitch? Oh, what are those? What are the homebrew sizes? <laughs> I don't even remember. Oh, the uh, the it's like, oh man. So two two packages. Uh. So if you're doing Y yeast or White Labs. Um, it, let's see, uh, it's 125 mil. I think it was like two, like 200. There we go. Wow, this is. 1.2 billion cells. That's what it is. In the, in the, in a package. So you want double that. Yep. Definitely. Um, yeah. So, and that's, that's just like a good rule of thumb. Like, and then that's for ales. Yep, loggers. You, you want to go like three, you want, three yeah, three to four, three times. to four packages. Yep, uh, because at a colder ferment, and I don't, you know, I mean, I don't know how many homebrewers are doing loggers, um, but you definitely want to keep the temperature low on a lager fermentation, or have some method of control. Because if you're if you're doing a lager yeast at a higher temperature, you're gonna have a bad time. There's gonna be all yep. kinds of weird off flavors. A lot of esters, a lot of mm-hmm. fun fun things that you don't really sulfur want. butter. Things that shouldn't be in beer. So. Yep. <laughs> Definitely. Uh, yeah, I think I think that that pretty much covers it. I'm trying to think if there's anything else on fermentation we should touch on. You know, I mean, we're 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 trying to keep this one pretty basic. So I, I think anything else would be a little 
a little out, a little overkill. I think I think you're right. So should we call it? Should we should we head on out? Yes, I don't think we have any listener mail, do we? Uh, not this week, no. Um, yep, but yeah. I... Let's go off into the ether. Time for some pool time, boys. Yeah, baby. <laughs> All right, guys. Uh, thanks for tuning in this week. Uh, I hope you enjoyed uh, this episode uh, as much as we had fun recording it. That's a whole thing that we could say, but I won't say <laughs> that again. Uh, all right. Uh, if you have any questions, comments, show ideas, or have you, go ahead and shoot us an email at feedback at blindersstudios.com. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com. So, Blinder Studios, you can follow us on Twitter at Blinder Ninja. See you guys next week. Peace.